<laughs> I want to preach to you for just a little while this morning on going where I have never gone before. I want you to say that with me, going where I have never gone before. Sometimes in, uh, let me talk to you about, well, let me, sometimes in our thinking, we have to learn how to go where we've never gone before. How, you don't have to wave your hand on this, but I just want to ask a question. How many of you find yourself that you are, it's very easy for you to begin to think negatively anytime something happens, that it, you don't have to work on that. It just, your mind just kind of goes there. So if I'm going to go where I've never gone before, then I've got to be willing to do what I've never done before. And that is that I have to harness those thoughts and and bring them into captivity. Everybody say into captivity. How many of you how many of you learned that sometimes it's better off to keep your mouth shut? Don't anybody get mad at me. I learned I, I learned very early in life that if I didn't like something my dad told me to do, I could save myself a whole lot of pain if I just kept my mouth shut. Unfortunately, I had an older brother that didn't learn that lesson too well. And we were all encouraging him. Shut up, Paul. Stop talking, Paul. Paul, don't don't say any, Paul, dad's getting mad. Just quit. <laughs> he doesn't love me. <laughs> now, Paul's gone on to be with the Lord, and he was a great influence in my life, but sometimes he wasn't too smart. <laughs> he... I, I never forget because then Paul, you know, later on when Paul grew up, Paul said, well, I was abused as a child. And Daryl said, you weren't abused. You were just stupid. That was my other brother. That was my other brother. So sometimes, how many of you have ever pulled some boneheaded stuff? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, just stop and think about it. Have you ever, you, you ever, do, you ever been pulling on something? You know, like on a tree limb or something that fell and, or, or, or pulling on something that was stuck in your car, you know, or, you know, out of the trunk or something, you know, just pulling on it and pulling on it. And you know, it's bound to give in a minute. What happened? You punched yourself out. <laughs> just pulling and pulling all of a sudden, wham! Did you ever, well, let me get back on track here, okay? I just thought about, you know, we, we've all been there. We've, we've all been in places where we've never been before, like when we transitioned from grade school to high school. How many of you remember that? Some of you happen to go way back. <laughs> no. It's just a few years ago for me. High school to college. What about moving to a new location? Man, I'd lived in the same place my whole life. I lived in a place called Valley View just outside of St. Charles, Illinois. We were between St. Charles and Elgin. I lived there my whole life. That was the only home I knew. Well, I'd lived someplace else when I was like, you know, born. But they moved there like within three or four months of my, or maybe five months of my being born. So that was the only house I knew. And then when my father passed away, mom decided to move to Southern Illinois. And I'm telling you up front, I was not a happy camper. She was getting ready. I was in the middle of my 11th grade year in high school. And she packed us up and she moved. I had a new location, a new house, and a new school. So everyone that I had gone to school with my whole life was a memory. And I had to start it all over and I was upset. How many of you have ever been upset over something? You know what I'm talking about? And, and I felt like I had good reason to be upset. 
But the truth is, is once I got there and I got settled in, in, in my high school year, now think about this, I, got, I move in the middle of my 11th grade year. In my senior year, they came and they got me and asked me to try out for master of ceremonies at our homecoming. And I, and, and I ended up becoming that. They came and got me and asked me to try out for theater. And I ended up being voted the most talented in theater in our class. What I thought was going to be a horrific experience turned out to be a brand new experience that brought me new friends, new opportunities, and new doors open that I would have never seen before. What are you getting at, Pastor? I'm telling you that, there's, that God is wanting to take us where we've never been before, but we've got to be willing to go through the door when he opens it up. We can't be fighting and kicking and, and say, I don't want to do it. I don't want to go. Any of you ever fuss about anything? You know what I mean? Like, we used to fuss when my, my sister used to fuss when she didn't get to go to town. She'd kill me if she sees this. But she would, she, she would talk about, I want to go to town. I want to go. And she'd rock back and forth. I want to go to town. I thought, wow. Of course, I fussed when they wouldn't let me go to the next door neighbor's house. <laughs> I want to go to the next door neighbor's house. <laughs> We've all got stuff that we fuss about, don't we? Any of you did any fussing right before you got here? Don't wave your hand. There's, all, there's always stuff to fuss about. But if you're going to go where you've never been before, you kind of have to let go of the fussing. And you have to embrace what God, or where, where God's taking us. So, how many of you have ever been at a brand new vacation spot? When I was making trips to other countries where I'd never been before, I would, there, there was a feeling of excitement and a little bit of a feeling of being anxious. And, and so... We have that, don't we? When we get ready to start a new school, a new school or a new job, sometimes we're, we're, we're excited about it, but we're also a little anxious about it. And if you're not careful, you let that anxious part of you get the best of you till you can't enjoy where you're at. I want you to look at your neighbor right now and, and just look him in the eye and say, you need to enjoy where you are until he gets you to where you're going. Are we there yet? Are we there yet? We used to come down here when I lived up there. We'd drive down here to go see my grandparents. And I, I'm sure, man, there were five of us, and I'm sure my dad you know, got a red badge of courage when he got to heaven because you got a carload of kids for six and a half, seven hours going, are we there yet? Are we there yet? I thought about how many times God hears that, you know. Hey, God, are we there yet? I mean, you promised that this was going to happen. How many of you have had God make a promise in your life that hasn't come to pass yet? Hold your hand up. I know y'all want to say it. Go ahead. <laughs> Are we there yet? No, not yet, but soon. Everybody say soon. Here's the thing is that if I can learn how to enjoy where I'm at until I get to where I'm going, guess what season is coming up that I love? How did you know? <laughs> Christmas is coming up. And there, there may be something that you don't know about me in Christmas. I enjoy the journey to Christmas more than I enjoy the day. What do you mean? All the gifts, opening the gifts. Now, I, hey, I'm thankful for the gifts, but that's not what I enjoy about Christmas. 
I enjoy the atmosphere. Something happens, it seems like, in our hearts that causes us to begin to reflect and remember what he's done for us. I love driving through town and looking at lights. I don't even have to buy anything except maybe a hot latte. And, and, and just, just in, so Debbie does the, the Christmas shopping usually online. And I told her, I said, you can't do all the Christmas shopping. I want to do some. So I get to stuff the stockings. So I, I love going in to town and looking around and listening to the songs. And, and I love it when it snows, so don't pray that we don't have any snow. <laughs> now, I know some of you don't like snow, but just let it hang around for me long enough. See, what I'm saying is this, is God is taking us someplace. And if we're not careful, we allow the anxiety of the trip to become overwhelming to us instead of learning how to enjoy the journey. Say it with me one more time. I'm going where I've never been before. I want you to think about the nation of Israel. Israel had been at the same location in Egypt for over 400 years. They had existed there in bondage. And life had always been the same for them. How many of you have been in a routine for a long time? Wave your hand at me. If you've kind of got a routine that you go through, you know, and you've been there a long time. Debbie will tell you, I love spontaneity. I'm liable to jump up and say, babe, let's go for a drive. Matter of fact, one night I grabbed her and I said, let's go see if we can chase the sun. Sun was going down. It was going down. It was daylight. It was like it was in the summertime, and it was like about, what, a quarter to nine or something, nine o'clock, and, and it was still, still up, but it was starting to go down. I said, come on, come on, get in the car. Well, not that fast, but. And, and so I started, started, we couldn't speed because we both had our pajamas on. So we're, we're taking off, and I'm, and, you know, and I'm just, I'm just headed west, young man, go west. And trying to see how long I can drive toward the sun before it goes down. And you may look at me and say, well, that's just absolutely ridiculous. I didn't say it wasn't. I just said I like spontaneity. I like to go where I've never been before. Because there's opportunity there you've never known before. Sometimes if we're not careful, we can get hung up in a rut and nothing ever changes. 400 years at the same location, and it wasn't like that location was great. They weren't there living a life of freedom. They were there as slaves and servants. But their way of life was about to change. This was the only life they'd known up to this point, and they had been trying to hold on to their identity in a pagan culture. Can anybody relate to that? Trying to hold on. Do you understand? They knew who they were called to be, but they were surrounded by a culture that literally went against everything they had ever been taught. And so they're in that culture trying to remember who they are. Their days had been ordered for 400 years by Pharaoh. Now they're about to experience what it's like to have their steps ordered by the Lord. How many of you'd like to experience that? Oh, seriously, man, I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to be cliche here. I'm talking about reality. How many of you, you know, for over 21 years, we didn't know where we were going to preach at the next week. 
Over 21 years of our lives as missionary evangelists, we didn't know. I didn't, I didn't belong to an organization that had everything lined out for me. We did not know where we were going, but I found an adventure of a lifetime. And I found out something about trusting God and believing God and never maybe knowing what tomorrow holds, but knowing who had a hold of tomorrow. And so in, in that moment, and then when that becomes God ordering your steps, I remember having been to Russia one time and I knew I was supposed to go back and I got on a plane flying back over with seven friends and as we're going over I looked at one of them and I said man I don't know what's going to happen here I've got no clue I just felt like God told me to come back and he looked at me and he said Rick he said you know the scripture said that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord he said so let's just see how God orders our steps on that trip I wound up in the mayor's office in St. Petersburg Russia they opened up the public school to us. We were able to pass over 3,000 Bibles out to students and teach the Bible in their public school. Somebody shout yes. With God orders your steps, I, you can rest assured you're getting ready to go where you've never gone before. And you're going to do what you've never done before. In Egypt, they had been told what to do and how to think because Pharaoh was king. Now they would have to learn how to hear from God and follow after him. How many of you know that hearing from God sometimes can be a challenge? Well, what's challenging about that? Because there's so many voices in the world. And one of the loudest voices is your own. And so sometimes you're sitting trying to hear and you're trying to decipher, God, is that you or is that me? And it can produce that type of anxiety that I was talking about. So to break the stronghold of their past... God would reveal himself in extraordinary ways. How many of you would say that you had some strongholds in your past? I'm talking about it may have been drugs or alcohol. It may have been lying or cheating or stealing or manipulating or, or stubbornness. I'm not stubborn. And so God has to show himself to us in an extraordinary way to cause us to realize that he loves us and he's big enough to take care of us. Because sometimes the hands that we entrusted ourselves to hurt us and we're afraid to trust hands again. But you need to understand there is a vast difference between the hand of man and the hand of God. <laughs> and so listen to Exodus chapter 19. This is from in the NLT. It's chapter 19, verse 18. God shows up. All of Mount Sinai was covered with smoke because the Lord had descended on it in the form of fire. The smoke billowed into the sky like smoke from a brick kiln, and the whole mountain shook violently as the blast of the ram's horn grew louder and louder. Everybody say the ram's horn. Here's something you need to understand about that horn. It wasn't the lips of a man that was causing that sound. They weren't blasting the, lamb, or the ram's horn. That horn was being sounded out of heaven. That mountain's on fire. They hear a horn getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden, Moses spoke and God thundered his reply. The Lord came down on top of Mount Sinai and called Moses to the top of that mountain. How many of you would be 
ready to go. That mountain's on fire. Smoke is billowing all over it, man. Flames are shooting up out of that mountain. There's a horn that's sounding, a ram's horn that's sounding, that's deafening, and it's getting louder and louder. And all of a sudden, God said, hey, come up here. I want to talk to you. Could you just send me a Hallmark card? (laughs) But the Bible said that Moses climbed that mountain. I thought about that song we were singing a moment ago. I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I'm a child of love. What's Moses doing? Moses has spent the last 40 years of his life fretting over the fact that he messed up. He knew what God had called him to do. He killed an Egyptian, buried him in the sand, wound up on the backside of a desert thinking, man, the one opportunity I had for God to use me, I threw it away. Now God has used him, brought an entire nation out of the most powerful government in the world, and he's saying, come up on this mountain. And Moses is saying, here, I come, God. I, I'm climbing the mountain I, because I've I, I've understand and I know uh, that I can't function without you. I, I've got to have you in my life. I want to go where I've never gone before. The unique thing is when you trace the history of Israel going through the wilderness. There are so many people all along the way that keep wanting to go back to where they came from. You know what I've learned about the past? Is we remember what we want to. I've seen people glorify the past. Oh, it was so wonderful back then. It was so wonderful, man, when I was a kid. Didn't you eat possum? Well, yeah, but, you know, not every day. <laughs> Some days we had big's feet. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm just talking. I, I, I want you to think about it. I want you to think about how we tend to glorify the past and where we came from, and we forget about the pain of it. And dear God, help us when all of a sudden now, instead of trying to embrace the future, we're we're going, we're drifting back to the past and forgetting about the pain that was there. It's time to move forward. Everybody say it with me. Move forward. I thought about how that sometimes, you know, even now I, I think about the past and a lot of times when I'm thinking about the past, I have great memories of the past. Sin, sin. Nobody even knows what that is. It was a foil packet that was made in Europe, in London. And it was a breath mint. About the size of a little, you know, looked like a little black square, a little black dot, man. It's almost like window pane. Never mind that. It was, you know, it was, it, it was about that size and and my mom would have that in her purse. And I rem- man, I remember I used to dig through my mama's purse, get in the bottom of her purse, and I'd get those sin cents. <laughs> See, I, forgot, I chose to forget about part of that because mama smoked. And every time I dug in the bottom of her purse to get sin cents, I'd end up getting tobacco in my hand. And I'd throw that in my mouth, and I'd go, <laughs> trying to spit out that palm all and hang on to the sin cents. I'm telling you, that's the way we tend to function. We start thinking about those positive things, which that's okay. But I'm telling you, don't live in the past. You need to start saying, God, I know you've got something for me right here, right now, and I'm going after it. I'm going to climb that mountain. I'm going to shout about the fact that I know you're alive and you're well and you've got a purpose and a plan for my life. And so it's time for us to get excited about being being free. You know, here's, here's one thing. Don't anybody take offense to what I'm going to say. I mean, I know this nation isn't perfect. But when I hear people trash this nation and burning flags, 
I always think, why don't we buy them a ticket to a third world country and let them go over there. Look, I've been, I've been in other countries. I know what it's like there. I know what it's like to live in Mexico. Let me tell you something. I know we've got a problem at the border, but just mark my word, and we need to do something about it, but I want you to hear what I'm getting ready to say. If I lived in Mexico, I'd spend every day of my life trying to get across the border. Didn't make it right. Doesn't make it right. But I'm just telling you, I'd be trying to escape that any way I could. We need to thank God for where we are until we get to where we're going. Most of you tonight are going to lay your head on a pillow. You'll have a roof over your head. And you'll have a comfortable bed to get in. You'll eat something sometime today, and you're more blessed than 80% of the people in the world if you've done that. Don't forget how blessed we are. We need to say, God, here I am. Use me. You say, well, pastor, what's all... That got to do with us, that, that deal about Egypt and all that stuff. After 400 years of living life a certain way, life changed, and it changed pretty quick. And so they had to become accustomed. Now, hear what I'm saying. Remember, some of them kept looking back, wanting to go back. Would to God that we were back in Egypt eating leeks and garlics. You keep asking God for something, he's liable to give it to you. And so that's what they said. They, they talked about it and they finally got themselves worked up in such a frenzy that they said, man, you know, there's no way we can have that promised land. It's just no way we can ever take it. You know, we're going to die here in the wilderness. And God finally had enough and he said, okay, I'm going to give you what you just said. You could have had the promise. But because you wouldn't embrace the promise and you keep saying you're going to die in the wilderness, I'm going to let you die in the wilderness. For every day that you walk through the promised land and couldn't find enough faith to believe God for it, even after you held it in your hand, tasted it with your mouth, you touched it, and you said, I can't have it. So now I'm going to let you experience what you've been asking for all this time. How many of you really want to get what you deserve? How many of you are thankful that he gives us what we don't deserve? <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced the same thing that I have or felt the same thing that I have. I was talking to Troy in, in between services about this shift that I keep talking about that I felt happened. And I'm still trying to wrap my mind around it all and understand what it means in the spirit. But before, before COVID, you know, before everything got crazy and they just started talking about a virus, I told Debbie, I said, there's more to this than a virus. And this is before any, anything, you know, started happening. I said, I can't put my hand on it. I but I, I, there, I'm sensing something that there's more to this, and then it started happening. And I'm telling you now that there's still yet more to come. And I'm not talking about, I'm not a doomsday preacher. I'm not talking about, oh, you know, look out for this, look out for that. I'm telling you that God has quickened my spirit, and I felt like God telling me, I'm shifting things, and those that are on my side need to get on this side of the line because there's a separating happening. There's an awakening that's going to take place, and I need people standing strong. Come here a minute, Hannah. Hannah is a huge competitor. I want you to try to pull me that way.
are you, what are you saying? I'm saying, wait, I'm not done with you yet. <laughs> what, are you, what are you saying? She got red in the face. She, got, she, she laid into it. And all I had to do was put a challenge up to her. Try and pull me that way. And she, won't pull you that way if it kills me. All right. How many times do we find ourselves that the devil throws a challenge up in front of us and we just capitulate to the challenge and we, 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 we just give up on sight? You've got to make up your mind that I am not giving up. Now, here's the good news. Like, wait, get a hold of my hand again. So here's the good news is that Hannah is not alone. And so if God is, come here a minute, babe. Yeah, run up here. Get behind Hannah. Grab her waist. So if, if, if the devil is trying to take you one way, and this is no reflection on you, honey. If the devil's trying to take you one way and God is trying to take you the other way, you need to know that as long as you'll hold on to God, Paul, God will get you where he wants you to be. And he's not going to allow the devil to take you the other direction. Everybody say, Paul. <laughs> okay. okay. Wait, what were you pulling against me for? Okay. <laughs> Oh, and that's what happens. I'm trying to help her out, and she's pulling against me, fighting the other way. Oh, God, for God, help me, help me. And we're pushing, we're pulling against him. I thought that was awful. I thought, why am I having so much trouble pulling my wife? She wasn't working with me. Hannah was helping you. She was pulling against you. I got a Charlie horse in my leg over there. <laughs> I'm just telling you that God wants to get you where you're going, and we can make it a whole lot easier if we quit fighting against him and start working with him. Amen? Listen to Romans 12 and 1 and, and verse 2. This is in the message. Paul speaking, he said, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. Don't become so well-adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out, readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-formed maturity in you. So I want to ask you a question. You don't have to respond to this. I just want you to think about it. The people that you hang around... Do they bring you closer to God or are they pulling you further away from him? The conversations that you have with your friends, are they about God or are they about everything but God? See, this is a reality that sometimes we love God, but we create an environment around us that's not conducive to God. And then we wonder why we struggle. We wonder why there's, there's problems. And, and so when I got saved, everybody say, when he finally got saved. I wanted to talk about God. And I didn't care where I was at. I remember my friend telling me, he said, Rick, you're different. And look, I did some things with him that I'm not going to tell you about, and he's gone on to be with the Lord, so don't bother to try and call. <laughs> but I did some things with him that I wasn't proud of. But when I changed, he knew I'd changed. And I remember him asking me, he said, well, matter of fact, I was, I was selling him Shackley. How many of you remember Shackley? Can't get to heaven without selling Shackley at least once in your life. <laughs> at least that's what everybody made you think. <laughs> 
And so I had, I, I sold him, I was so proud of myself, I sold him a big gallon of basic H, man, and that was quite a bit of money back then. And, and so I, he, he starts asking me about it, and, I, and man, I got wound up, and I start telling him, he said, no, 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 that's okay, that's okay. He said, you know, you're, you're here to sell me something. I grabbed that bottle of basic H, I said, man, forget about this junk, I want to tell you about God. When it's real in you, it'll be real out of you. Now, I want you to hear what I'm going to say, and I'm not talking about, how can I say this? I'm not talking about fluffing stuff or being obnoxious. I, I, there was a guy in a restaurant, and he stood up. This really happened. He stood up, and he said, all right, all you people, be quiet. We're getting ready to pray over here. <laughs> really? You might ought to pray a little longer, brother, because I don't think it's working yet. Do you understand that when it's real in you, it's going to come out? How many of you have ever had somebody just come up to you and tell you, man, there's something different about you? You know what I'm talking about? There's just something different about you. What's going on? I remember Debbie and her sister were in a bank, and the lady went up to him. They said, you guys are always smiling, you know. What, what is it that's always got a smile on your face? And that's all it took. And really, it wouldn't have taken that, you know. Debbie would just jump on you. I mean, not jump on you, but she's going she's gonna to share wherever she's at. But the truth is, is most people don't like where they're at. They want to change locations. They... they let, let's talk about location for a second. Throw that picture up for me. Look at that. Now, most of us are well acquainted with where the car is at. But how many have gone to the mountain? As a matter of fact, we live around mountains. We, we love the scenery. Man, when we were out in Wyoming, we I rented a house, and, and from the house, you could see the mountains, and it was like, oh, that's so beautiful. And every morning, I'm looking out, those are so beautiful. It never one time, though, I never one time thought about getting up and taking off early and going to the top of the mountain, because in my mind, the top of the mountain is out of reach for me. See this guy down here? He's looking up and he's wondering, what would it be like, man? I, I mean, to scale the mountain, there seems to be so much real estate between us and the top of the mountain. But when you make up your mind that you're going to climb that mountain, I promise you that when you get to the top, the scenery is getting ready to change. You're not going to see things from the perspective you've been in living down in this valley. Because when trouble came to the valley, the only thing you could see was trouble. But when you make up your mind to climb the mountain, it's not trouble you're looking at anymore. It's the promise and the power of a living God that said, I'm going to do this in your life, and I can get you exactly where I want you to be. Somebody shout it with me. It's time for a transformation. It's time to climb the mountain. Higher heights with God. And some people don't want you to make the trip. Remember David? And he had a brother named what? Eliab. David showed up in the middle of a battle. Well, actually, he didn't show up in the middle of a battle. He showed up in the middle of a stand, of, of a fear fest going on. Philistines on one side, Israel on the other, and nobody's fighting because fear is dominating them. Nobody's getting, everybody's just stuck. Because some bully showed up in their life. How many of you have ever had a bully in your life? You know what I found out about bullies? They're not near as tough when you get them alone. 
Goliath would march out, and he'd march out in front of all that army, and he said, send me a man to fight. I don't want the whole army coming over here because I'm no match for the army. Send me a man, and that's what the devil does. He tries to isolate you so he can intimidate you, and then he tries to take control of you. And he'll lie to you. Goliath said, if you win the battle, he tries, the devil tries to make you think that the entire war is won or lost with one battle. If you win, we'll serve you. If you win, we'll serve, you know, or if I win, you serve us. And, and that was a lie. How many of you have ever lost a battle? Wave your hand if you've ever lost a battle. I got news for you. I've lost some battles, but the war ain't over. <laughs> I said the war is not over. And as long as I'm willing to get up, I know I'm going to be victorious because I know who my captain is. So David shows up. Now understand, David had not been in front of that man, and he had not been hearing all the negativity going on. He just showed up from taking care of sheep, and he saw that giant show up, and he made the statement. He said, who's that guy think he is, man, to find the armies of the living God like that? What will be done for the man that takes him out? That's the first time anybody in that whole camp had heard anyone talk about taking him out. And so Eliab goes up to David, and he runs over there because now his little brother's making him look bad. He runs over there, and he said, hey, he said, you know, what are you doing down here? I, I know you, you, you're just you, you're some proud peacock strutting around down here. You, you, you're just trying to show out, man. Why don't you go back up to the mountain where those sheep were you had? What are you, what are you doing coming down here? You know, you, you're just wanting to see some fight. And David turns around, and he looks at him, and he said, what have I done now? Which lets me know that that's not the first encounter that David had had with his older brother putting him down. He said, what have I done now? So in other words, David had lived with that throughout his life, always him putting him down over something. Anybody been there? Your friends, your family, your... Putting you down. And I'm going to tell you, if you let them, they'll keep you down. But the moment you make up your mind, and David looked at Eliab and said, what have I done now? Is there not a cause? You've been out here for 40 days, bro, and you ain't made a move one. I'm not going to spend my life talking about it. I'm getting ready. I'm getting Everybody say, I'm getting ready. Can't you? I, I want you guys to come on up. I want you to get ready. Yeah. Praise team, come on. So, so think about this for a second. Can't you just hear in your ear that all of a sudden somebody looks at David and says, man, that Goliath is as big as a mountain. And David smiles and says, well, I'm getting ready to climb that mountain. I'm getting ready to shout about it. I am a child of love. I know that he loves me. And if he loves me, he's going to take care of me. I said, if he loves me, he's going to take care of me. How many of you today are ready to climb that mountain? Let me, let me put a real question to you, okay? How many of you right now that you know you've got some friends that if something doesn't change in their life, they're not going to make heaven their home? Wave your hand if, if, you, if, you, if you know that for sure. You know that the way things stand right now, they're not going to make heaven their home. Okay, so here's my next question. What are you going to do to change it? You can't expect me. Well, I don't expect you. God does. God expects you to move out of that place of fear that you're in well, what if they don't receive me? It won't be the first time you've been rejected. What if they, what if they say something up to me? What if, they, what if all of a sudden they start poking fun at me? Are we so stuck on ourselves that we're not willing to take a chance in telling somebody about God in the hopes that they'll hear and change their life forever. 
If you're going to go where you've never been before, you've got to do what you've never done before. Stand up, would you? Just turned around. Grab your neighbor by the hand. Look him, look him right in the eye and say, I love you, but you ain't keeping me off the mountain. <laughs> I'm going to climb that mountain. I said, I am going to climb that mountain. You remember the Wizard of Oz? You remember the cowardly lion? And the scarecrow and the tin man were behind him and they were climbing the mountain. Why? Because they wanted to rescue somebody. And they kept going and, and all of a sudden, the cowardly lion's got a hold of the rock and he's pulling with all of his strength and he said, I hope my strength holds out. And they do a wide shot and the scarecrow and the tin man are holding on to his tail. And they said, we hope your tail holds out. What are you getting at? I'm saying that somebody is depending on you. Somebody is counting on you to be the resource or to be the, the, the tool that God uses to get them up the mountain. Come on, somebody, and say, I'm ready. I'm ready for God to use me. Are you guys ready? So step up a little bit. I'm going to help them sing. They didn't know this was coming. But I, look. If you would move up to the front, if you're comfortable with that, move up to the front. Just or, or move out to the side, just whatever you're comfortable with. Come on in here just a second. As you, as you get in close, I just want you to high five somebody. Say, I'm a child of God. I'm getting ready. I am getting ready to climb the mountain. I was, I was in Arkansas and there was this mountain and we were, we, we'd been out there and I told Debbie and I told my children, I said, stay here for a second. I'm getting ready to run up that mountain. I wanted to see from the top. I wanted to see what life looked like from the top. I took off running up that mountain and all of a sudden, Lance, I heard something beside me. I looked over, God is my witness. There's a black bear that's running away from me. And I didn't think about it then, but I just thought about it now. I thought, wow, man, God made a black bear afraid of me. Do you understand when you make up your mind that you're going to climb the mountain, everything's getting ready to change. Stretch those hands to heaven with me right now. You ready? I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm going to shout a I am a child of God. Yes, Lord. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend of Jesus. I am a child of love. I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I am a child of love. Make up your mind. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend of Jesus. I am a child. trying to ride my back. I want to give you an opportunity to throw him off your back and say, I'm a child of love. If God be for me, then who my friend can be against me? Every once in a while, you, you've got to make up your mind, I've had enough. Somebody say it with me, I've had enough. So I'm going to stand up. I'm going to declare that he's God. I'm going to step into the place that he called me to. Well, aren't you afraid? If God be for me, who my friend could be against me? Well, what if you're not able? I've been made more than a conqueror through him that loved me. Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. I just need to let him be greater in me. He's in there. Sometimes you've got to stir up the gift that's inside of you. Come here, man. 
stretch your hands to heaven with me. Are you ready? You know, back years ago, and you're too young to remember this, but back years ago, fireworks used to be powerful. I remember when you could put an M80 in somebody's mailbox. Well, let me rephrase that. I, I remember when an M80 could blow up a mailbox. And it, don't, it doesn't do it now. Why? Because they removed some of the power. And I'm telling you that the devil has intentionally sought to remove power from the church of the living God. He's tried, to be, he's tried to get us to become politically correct instead of powerfully able. And so now God is saying there's a, there is a shift coming and I need you to make up your mind what side of this you want to be on. You can, you can stay, look, you can be pitiful or you can be powerful, but you can't be both. Stretch your hands and I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of God. I'm a child of God. I found a world of freedom. I found a friend of Jesus. I am a child of God. I'm gonna climb a mountain. I'm gonna shout about it. I am a child of I want you to step up and just wave your hand and all right stretch your hands to heaven with me do you know and I know you do know but every once in a while we need a reminder that he's bigger you know David wrote several psalms and there were several of those psalms when he started out and he started talking about hell hath come got hold of me it's tried to camp around me and by the end of it he's talking to God about how everything's falling apart around him and everything seems to be coming in on him but then in the middle of that psalm or toward the latter part of that psalm it's like he gets a breath of the Holy Ghost and, and all of a sudden he starts declaring but I'm thankful that my God is able and I love one psalm in particular where he says you shall make my enemies ashamed suddenly Everybody say suddenly. Uh, suddenly just hits you, man. It, it, doesn't, it doesn't give you any warning. It just kind of shows up and bam, it's there. And so suddenly, God's getting ready to work for you. Are you ready for a stretcher? Mm. In Jesus' name. Sing it. I'm going to climb a mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I am a child of God. I've often thought about sometimes how when all of a sudden there's an attack that comes at us and the way we respond to the attack. I don't know if you've ever read the screw tape letters, but they, the, in, in some of those letters when C.S. Lewis is writing and he's talking about that there was a guy and they had him kind of lulled into, you know, where he was, you know, not really a problem. And then all of a sudden they started attacking him. And when they started attacking him, man, he started praying and, and the, the, devil started saying man what have you done you've agitated him you're waking him up I had him lulled to sleep and I love it when all of a sudden the devil shows up and he tries to attack and what it does is it gets us just enough 
to aggravate us to the point that we step out of that comfort zone we were in and we begin to say all right God here I am I've had enough of it I'm not going to let it stand as it is anymore I'm trusting you raise those hands to heaven and say with me I'm trusting you I'm gonna climb a mountain I'm gonna shout about it I am a child of If, you, if you're here and you still want prayer, just come up and wave your hand. But I, I want to give this to you before we walk out of here. Several years ago, I was facing some changes. I was getting ready to go where I'd never gone before. But to go where I'd never gone before, I, was, I, I, I needed to be willing to do what I'd never done before. And early on in ministry, God spoke to me a lot in dreams. And so I had this dream that I had been given a job in a prison house. And as I started moving toward through the, the prison, there were all these big burly prisoners and they, they all man had demonic looks on their face like they wanted to, to attack me. And they took me, and man, I'm seeing the chaos all around me. And they took me to this guard tower and they put me in the tower. And, and I looked at the guy and they said, this is, this is where you're stationed. And down in the courtyard, man, violence and the most unbelievable acts of, of despicable stuff going on. And I turned and I looked at the guy that put me there and I said, I don't want to stay here. And he looked at me quizzically and he said, are you saying you quit? And I wouldn't say I quit. I looked at him and I said, I don't want to stay here. And he hollered down in the courtyard and he said, do you hear that, boys? He's quitting. And when they said that, all those prisoners came after me. And I remember running out of that place. Now I'm still dreaming. And I went to bed that night in my dream and I prayed. And I said, God, I really don't want to be there. But if that's what you have for me, then God, I'm willing. So the next morning in the dream, I wake up. I go back to the same prison. All of a sudden, I'm walking through this overhang and these two big men jumped down in front of me to attack me. And when they did, I looked at them and they, they both screamed and took off running and they said, don't let him touch you. I went back up to the tower. They took me back up to the tower. And when I got to the tower, all that stuff was still going on. But God had given me a boldness that I hadn't had before. And I remember in my dream screaming out and saying, all right, it's enough. And then everybody stopped and the power of God came into that place. I'm telling you, God was telling me, sometimes you got to make up your mind. It's enough. It's enough. And don't run from it. But trust him and be able to boldly walk into it and declare that he's still God. So you know what? I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I am a child of love. I've found a world of freedom. I've found a friend in Jesus. How about you? Sing it, guys. I'm going to climb the mountain. I'm going to shout about it. I am a child of love. now and say it with me God I'm going up that mountain God 
you're going to give me power to be an overcomer. You're giving me power to be a witness. You're giving me power to tread on serpents. You're giving me power to make a difference. Come on and give my hand clap of praise in this house today. Hey, we love you. God bless you. If you still need prayer, come up. We'll pray for you. But we love you. See you next week. Sing it, guys. Yeah.